0: Photography takes an instant out of time, altering life by holding it still.
1: I dislike landscapes. I only like people and plastic flowers. Welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. And this is episode forget 170. <laughs> 173. I was going to, I have been thinking about episode 174 because that will be the last episode of the year. So it's on my brain, uh, but this is not that episode. This is episode 173 for, what do we got? The middle of December, 2022. So yeah, we're actually gonna have a full years you know what I didn't realize I, I haven't done with this show and uh, it's funny to parse it out in front of everybody right now but I don't we don't do seasons like we'll have to figure that out because we, we've done we do two shows a month mm-hmm right but like a lot of other podcasts will do a certain amount of episodes and then they'll have a season and they'll take a break and then so I don't know if we'll do that but but we're unlike other shows Uh, We just
0: you put them out. It's a cadence every two weeks. Right, rely
1: on. And this season was twenty twenty two. So yeah. Anyway, I just maybe not the place to discuss it in front of everybody. (laughs) I was
0: thinking, you know, (laughs) spring, summer, fall, winter seasons, like. Oh, we're going to a talk time. about winter photography, surviving winter in
1: Canada. Well, yeah, that's, well, yeah, it give, you, <laughs> give you about a month or maybe not. Are you getting all the, are you getting all the weather now? All the No, well,
0: it's, the, we got close to freezing here lately, so we're okay. It's been sunnier, so yeah, yeah, we don't get, of- we don't get all that, the stuff they're getting on the eastern seaboard now, no.
1: Yeah, there's some big storm going through the, the middle of the country now, so I do not know if you're getting that. So hopefully everybody's. They're getting know. it
0: north of you, though, we're hearing on the yeah uh, yeah we're not so bad
1: we're just cool but uh uh yeah i've been and i've actually i got i caught a cold (laughs) not now i'm over i'm I'm getting over it but i was like about a week and a half ago i'm like this is weird this is sniffles and sneezing and i took covid tests to make sure i actually took three uh yeah well 20 what is it 48 hours a piece apart and uh just to make sure and it wasn't it wasn't COVID. it's and it was like a cold like you would get in school like t- the olden days like the old days it's been so long since i've had yeah. a cold so yeah so if i sound a little nasally uh and and our microphones might enhance that i'm sorry but that's just it's just me
0: so fix it how you the mix yeah how you been i've been good yeah things been good yeah um yeah i think uh, you know the weather's a little bit better um work is not as oppressive as it had been and uh so i'm a little bit a little bit more optimistic these days are you shooting no no i'm editing i'm still i'm still Uh, finding stuff from uh from my trip to new york there
1: yeah i see you i see you're posting them here and there yeah Uh, so it's nice to see those little bits and pieces, and oh, it's like I I remember that, or,
0: <laughs> yeah. you know. So. Where where did where did we take this? Yeah, yeah
1: I should do that too. I haven't put po- I, I made like one giant post, I think not giant, but post of a whole bunch of pictures, and I haven't gone through them again. Mm. Um, but but uh, not for any other reason than I just haven't felt up to doing that kind of stuff. But I should do that because it's fun seeing your
0: pictures, yeah. and and
1: having memories of when you were here. Uh, yeah,
0: but it's like it's like mining. I mean, you know, you go through 3,000 pictures, you see stuff you hadn't before, stuff you just glossed over or something that a tiny crop or a, a little adjustment would would mm-hmm. like make it mm-hmm. sing. And that's sort of what I'm going through now. And yeah. I still, like I say, I haven't touched any of the fine art stuff that I'm, you know, the color stuff that I would have got from Coney Island or you know, when we were inside the, uh, the post office building and all of that, right, none right, of that, none right. of that. I haven't even touched any of that yet. So
1: you think you're going to have some good stuff from those? I uh, think so. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, that's good. It'll be yeah. a little bit, a little bit different because, yeah. uh, you know, it wasn't, it was an unfamiliar environment to me. It's not like I have anything to hone, but, um, but yeah, no, I think there'll be stuff coming out. Uh, and mostly color. To, you think for that, for that stuff? For a lot of it. Yeah. I think, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. Coney Island stuff in the interior of, of some of those classic buildings you have. Um, yeah, they, they, they should be in color. Some of them definitely should be in color.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, I look forward to seeing those pictures when you put them up. I probably should go through my stuff, too, as well. If I figure I'm, I'm spending some of the days not doing anything or not feeling. I, I didn't do it during when I was sick because I was like, I can't really focus on anything. No, yeah, uh, that's fair. But, you know, doing, you know, as we talked in the last episode, going through the archives is, is, you know, the mining, as you're saying, is always a good thing. And, Mm. you know, in general, we've talked, and we might have talked about this before, but not always having to produce new work, like this constant Mm -hmm. new, 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 uh, new, it can get really tiring, and it's, I mean, it's not something that I always did when I was shooting film, and so, you know, why is it so necessary, and it's you know, maybe feeding this machine that we'd like to feed mm-hmm. or we're choosing to feed. Um, but again, it's like, you know, the the, the pictures accumulate to shoot more than I, than I certainly shoot more than I post. Uh, and there's lots of good stuff in there. In fact, actually, and I was telling you this offline, I had to upgrade my, upgrade my computer. My old iMac died or is dying, and I had to transfer all my stuff to uh, a new machine. So it's giving me some opportunities to sort of, you know, pull up the the Lightroom libraries and look mm-hmm. at all the archives. See where all everything is stored because I have to sort of uh, make re- sure we re- associate re- everything, reconnecting. And yeah. yeah, and yeah. so stuff is popping up again, old stuff. But anyway, yeah, that that was that was the last episode of talking about this. But it'll be good to see cool. your pictures again because it's fun to see what how you saw New York through your eyes, yeah. like as a new person not having been here. And I actually don't come across many people or have met lately many people who are like seen new york for the first time so right. uh, and again it's always kind of the way i wish i could i could never see my city for the first time i really would love to like if i could have like temporary amnesia <laughs> just yeah. like,
0: see new york for the first time to be experiencing like that like you did well makes, like, uh, cool. m- my wife's putting up picture frames in the um in our in our bedroom and uh, she's just greeking them out like putting them up a whole bunch of them making like, this kind of modern arrangement and there's a mirror there and all this kind of stuff and so there's stock photography in the frames and these you know empty frames <laughs> there's a picture of the empire state building i said and i looked at it and i said well the subway the entrance to the subway is just around the corner and down <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah i'm like i know this i know this i'm that's like that's nice to have this, that context that picture right? this was taken from the east like i know exactly yeah. where that. i walked yeah. right there like so now know. when
1: you see a movie it would always oh. bug me actually when you see a what was the movie independence day
0: oh, okay haven't, the, seen the, since, yeah. haven't seen that since no, you haven't
1: seen that they show where the empire state building is you watch it watch it and look at the place of an empire state building i think it might bother you but like okay. if you didn't been in new york you wouldn't notice that anyway okay so, so um we were i guess talking about like what are we going to talk about tonight and uh we started doing you know a while back we were doing the we did two episodes why black and white and why color mm-hmm. uh and so I th- I thought, and, and you seem to agree too, that if we did like, uh, you came up with the idea of a lightning round of questions about why mm-hmm. in photography and see where it, see where it goes. And so uh, I like that idea. I like talking, with, you know, coming up with a question of why we do certain things, why we like certain things, or what do we, you know, in terms of photography, and then answering the questions. And the other reason that came up, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't tell you this, but I just taught a couple of classes uh, on Saturday. It was back-to-back online photography classes and actually no. And I also had a, I had an in-person class the week before street photography. class, and I think this is actually from the street photography class. And of course the students are asking me why, why am I shooting this? Why am I using this camera? Why am I mm-hmm. doing this? And, and that, you know, that learning process for anybody who's doing something new. And the, the question is always why, why, why? And you want to say, because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I'm the daddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, you know, bringing that up as a as an idea for uh, for talking points for the show, I thought was good because uh, this, there could be people on the other end are asking us or asking those questions why do you do these things or why do you like certain things? So, anyway, that's mm-hmm. sort of this long intro. So, I don't know if you want to start or I want to start. If you want to do a lightning round, I've just been doing all the talking. So, maybe, maybe no, you that's fine. Come up with a starting.
0: Well, we'll start ride. with gear. We'll get it out of the way.
1: You get that out of the way. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why did you go from Nikon to Fuji? Why did I go from Nikon to Fuji? That is a very good question. And I don't know what sparked getting the my first Fuji camera. We talked about that, the X, what is it, the X20. X20, the little, yeah, I had an X20 as well. Yeah. The X20. And uh, why? That's a good question. Uh, I think, I mean, first I think there was a practical part of it. And that was uh, going from, actually, I went from a Nikon. I didn't really have point-and-shoot Nikons. I didn't have small Nikons, but I had a Lumix, Panasonic Lumix. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's sort of the, and so finding a replacement for that. Why did I want to find a replacement for that? I don't know, because that's a great little camera. Mm-hmm. The it's Lumix, a
0: GX, right? It was a...
1: Uh, I don't know if that was a GX. GX 85
0: something.
1: or a 9? I don't remember. But it was one of these It's teeny tiny camera. I don't know if mm. I've got it. I don't, I don't know where it is. I should dust it off because it and get a battery for it because it's still a great camera. But I think it also had the dial on top. And then moving to the Fuji camera, I think that was the time when the Fuji X100 was out and people were talking about it. Right. And, that's and where it looked it like
0: of, you were the Star Wars um, binoculars looking through that frame lines and stuff that are projected over the image on the X100. That's pretty cool.
1: Was it? Oh, I don't remember that. I just remember uh, Zach uh, Arias, or Arias, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, talking about it, and I don't remember where I saw that. And I didn't have any money, and so the, the closest thing when I was looking at Fuji cameras was the X twenty, and I was like, okay, well, it's got the dials on the outside, and it looks kind of like you know, mm-hmm. a little mini X one hundred, and so that's what I what I got. And then, of course, that's the gateway drug, absolutely uh, to Fuji, right? <laughs> and I, maybe I was watching these on YouTube uh, when this first came out, or whatever links uh, photo websites were linking to for videos, and I then, of course. I looked at the X 100 physically and I had always wanted, I'd always wanted a camera that was like, that looked like a Leica or a rangefinder mm-hmm. in, in terms of digital. Actually, you know what? I've always wanted one of those cameras period. I never owned even a film rangefinder. Mm. And so because film was not there, I the, 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 you know the X 100 sort of fit that bill. And of course I couldn't afford it. So I bought the X 20. And then when I did get the chance, to buy the x100t i i bought it mm-hmm. and it was like i looked at it and it was like part of me wanted to walk around with my f- my photo vest <laughs> right. which i don't have but you know like a photo vest with a nice strap like a worn strap and i wanted to wear this camera
0: on my neck and look like actually I want to you look you like, look like bruce gilden actually bruce gilden. <laughs> <laughs> that's the bruce gilden uniform
1: well yeah there's actually a fr- uh, a friend of mine uh I haven't seen in a while and uh, a photographer named Mel Giacomo and uh, actually if you go to B and H, uh, if you look on B and H's, uh, YouTube website, he he's done s- some talks at, uh, um, B&H about uh, I think he's done sports and, and street photography He used to shoot a lot of sports But he would come into the image bank and he li- he's like the quintessential photographer You know if you think of mm-hmm. Gary Winogrand or anybody, you know as and I'm saying he has a photo vest But you know he's got the Leica around his neck and it's and he's uh, with the glasses and just like a New York Actually, he's from Jersey, but that kind of attitude mm-hmm. and for some reason that look like part I hate to say it, it sounds superficial, but part of me wanted to look like a photographer. So I always wanted a range. He had a, this mm-hmm. nice Leica, I don't remember which he had and he looked like a photographer. And, and so the X 100 was like, it looked like that entry into part of this background of like, I kind of want a range ish camera. Uh, yes, it's digital, but it's got the thing and it's got the, you know, yeah. it's got the dials on top and I can put it around my neck and look like a photographer. That was, that was the um, the sort of uh, superficial part of it once i started shooting it i'm like holy crap yeah <laughs> there was something that that of course we've talked about this endlessly and everybody talks about it but there's something intangible in the way that fuji's presenting their pictures mm-hmm. uh, in, in uh, from the in the way the camera's recording them um, and ultimately it comes down to like when i started doing comparisons with my nikon i think the feeling i got from the fuji my pictures on the Fuji, in general, and, and also how it made me enter the world and take pictures. Right. It didn't feel like a. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the way the camera was designed. It just didn't feel like a, an object for for work. My first the day. Sorry, I don't know if I brought this up, but the the day that I got the X one hundred T, I actually had a shoot in the city. Uh, what was I doing? Was I doing video? I not No, I was. I was doing stills, but I had my Nikon and Mm -hmm. the zoom lenses and stuff like that. But I, uh, and uh, Dick Cavett was going to be there. So Mm. those of you who are too young to know Dick Cavett, he was a talk show host. But I also brought the X100 and I decided it's always not, it's not a good thing to bring new equipment to a job. So, you know, kids do as I (laughs) do as I say, don't do as I do. Don't bring new equipment. But I brought it uh, and I was able to get like. Close-up shots, but when I did the comparisons between those pictures, there was it was like kind of night and day. Mm-hmm. And again, partly it's how I approach using the picture, uh, how I use the camera to get the pictures and the intimacy of stuff like that. But you know, and I'll I'll end on this because I'm talking too much. But the um, the part that I think was the most compelling was I I love digital. I couldn't wait, frankly, I couldn't wait till film died off. Uh, right. even with all this nostalgia about film I, I just I, you know fine for me for for commercial work I mean I'm not mm-hmm. talking about anything else and you know I get all the be- I got all the benefits of film I got some of this you know uh, nostalgia from film which I liked because it was nostalgia but I didn't have all the headaches of film using Fuji uh, and so yes that opened the door and you know I, I think I had the X 100 T for the longest time and mm-hmm. then I needed some you know, for some other jobs. I need to. I bought I bought the interchangeable lens, the T T twenty, and that was it. That was then we're done. That was, okay. but that was the why. And then, no, this I still love my Nikon's. I still love I, I love the lenses. I actually love all their cameras too. You know, but uh, Fuji just stuck, it, and, and like I don't see that changing. I, I really mm-hmm. don't. I mean, I have a whole bunch of new Fuji cameras, and everyone. Every one of them has got its own little personality, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's what Nikon cameras, for the most part, at least, didn't have. Like my
0: D three hundred, professional and my, tool, and that was it. They were
1: tools, yeah. And actually, I had to say this: there's a couple of Fuji cameras now that are more tool like the the X yeah. um, the XH series. Mm-hmm. They're nice cameras, but they don't they don't feel like a personality. Um, mm-hmm. They feel like tools. But I want them, you know. I have them as tools. Anyway, that's yeah. that's the why. So why. Actually, I wanted to ask you this question because I didn't even know this. Well, why do you use Fuji?
0: What's What was the. So, when I was growing up, I had an aunt that had a, a Konica C35, small rangefinder like, um, is zone focus. I think it was a zone focus camera. And then, uh, for a time, um, I don't know if I had one. I just remember somebody who had one that was close to me and I borrowed it. It was a Olympus Trip 35 which is another zone focus, even simpler, two shutter speeds and two aperture. Can you explain seven. that, um, a zone focus? I mean, just a, like... Zone focus, so instead of focusing or having any way for you to discern what the focus is looking through the viewfinder, there'll be a picture of mountains, which is in oh, right, right. <laughs> there'll be a picture of people, which is, you know, from six feet, give or take, mm-hmm. a group picture, and then there'll be tulip, which is close, as close as you can get, which is probably three feet. At, at, uh, that would be the closest you could probably get. Okay. So you'd kind of have to eyeball, you know. And in the in the case of the Trip 35, the Olympus Trip 35, it ha- it had a body similar to the Olympus Pen cameras. I don't know if you remember those. I think they were, I remember those. They yeah. were half frame. The half frame cameras. They were right. half frame cameras. Explain that. Um, instead of uh, well, the quickest way to say is instead of getting 36 exposures per roll, you could get 72. And so they shot a vertical frame. When you look through the camera, Uh, if you held the camera horizontally, you'd get kind of a narrow, um, vertical frame. I think it was like a four by three kind of, Mm -hmm. uh, um, aspect ratio. I don't remember I never, I didn't own one. So anyway, so the strip 35 was very cute and small. And I liked the idea of small cameras. I liked, um, in the same way, you know, you were a kid, you liked toys. They were like small universes, small things that represented something larger. And I think mm-hmm. as I grew up, I kind of liked to keep the small form factor. And then, uh, for a while, and I didn't really use it. I had like a little Cosina or something with that I got from my, uh, uh, English teacher. He just said, I have all these old cameras and lenses. I don't use them. And you know, my <laughs> father's never got used. So I, I use, it, it was all very cute. I liked the idea of the camera, but it just wasn't as i didn't think it was reliable as my slr and i was a pentax guy in those days it was a pentax guy right up and pretty much until i got married then we were um we got a um a canon powershot a80 which was a four megapixel camera with the uh, articulating rear screen that was like about an inch across (laughs) a postage stamp size uh, screen but it was great. Did, did it, it spin had, out? Or come out? Yeah, flipped up. Yeah, yeah. You could do the selfie thing with it. Like wow. it was way okay. ahead of its time. And used 4AA batteries. AA ba- I think I remember that forever. camera. Yeah. They yeah. lasted forever. What a great holiday camera. A great family camera. We used it for years. We used it from 94 until 2000. Oh, I don't know. 2000 Oh, goodness. No, it couldn't have been. We got it in 2004. We probably used it until 2012 or something. It was just, it went on cruises. It went on Disneyland trips. It went, it went all over. It was great and it was small and everything. So that was Canon. And then I got, once I started shooting sports and, uh, motorsport photography in the digital world and my, and my, uh, my darkroom died off. Um, I got a, um, um, Canon uh, 7D, the first generation. Then I started collecting lenses. So anyway, so I was doing all that. And then I was thinking, you know, I was working downtown all the time and I started and I had a, I had a Canon uh, S 100 and then I started shooting street with that. And then I got the phone, um, and I was using the phone going back and the S 100 is a cute little party camera, but it was really not suitable. It was way too slow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the street. So, and that's, I saw the, uh, I saw the, uh, the Fuji X 10 come out. I thought it was interesting. It was very cute. It was like the form factor I was looking for. It reminded me of the Trip 35, the Olympus, and of that uh, that C35, that uh, Konica camera. And then people were complaining about dead pixels and all this kind of stuff. And it was going to be another year or so. And then this new camera, the X20, was going to come out. So I got an X20. I worked. I started shooting street in earnest. And that's really where my true street stuff started to happen, 2014, when I got that thing and all uh, oh, thousands and thousands of frames through that camera. You still have it? Yeah, I still have yeah, it. My yeah, son yeah. uses it. Uh, oh, okay. So he yeah. walked, we walked through uh, Vancouver together, and he shot all of that drug paraphernalia in the street and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. That's That camera's seen a lot of miles, too. Um, so the X20 came out, and then uh, I really liked the XE series. There was the XE. XE1 had come out around shortly after, I think the X 20, when they, once they figured out what the sensor was going to be, then the xe C two came out and I was looking at them. I, they were fine. They were nicely proportioned, but they were too big. And then I saw, um, a review, a kind of a sneak peek from the guys at, uh, the camera store in those days. It was, um, the guys who were in digital, um, uh, uh, was it DP review, uh, Chris and, um, um, I've forgotten his name, Jordan, Jordan. Chris and Jordan. Uh, uh, they came, they were saying that there's xe three was coming out and was going to be smaller and you know, whatever. And they went to visit the factory in Japan. They showed the X three. Like, oh, <laughs> then I have to get that. <laughs> and then, um, um, Fuji came and did a little demonstration or they had a little sales pitch in one of the bars at the beers and cameras things that I, I always talk about. And I handled an E3, and I'm, I'm looking at my friends going, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so I got it with the Kit 23, and I can't really look back. I've since got what, another. You still have that same camera. with? I have that camera, yeah, and then I have a, got a black body a few one years there. later. So I go, go back and forth between those. And I started collecting lenses, and and now my 7Artisan stuff, they also go on that camera. My, uh, adapted, my adapter lenses and all that kind of stuff, that's where I use that. And I just like the smallness of it. I think it's, uh, it's smaller. I've got smaller hands, so I don't, I don't, it's not a clumsy camera for me to use. Mm-hmm. It's quiet. I think use electronic shutter mode and it's, it does everything I needed to do. Maybe the autofocus has fallen, you know, isn't quite as dynamic maybe as it could be in newer cameras, but I've, got, I've come used to it. So, oh, and those are my workhorses now. Yeah. yeah. As you were saying
1: this, Fuji had never been on my radar for a long time I mean I don't know if, I, don't, I don't know if, what film cameras they had if they did I'm sure they did uh, but the only time it did pop on my radar is at one point when I had bought my first digital it was D100 they came out with a camera I don't know if it was around then a little after that uh, which was using a different kind of sensor layout um, mm. uh, and I can't remember if it was like hexagonal shape there was something odd about their the sensor and oh, it was. I seem to remember that it was yeah. a Fuji body that had a Nikon mount lens and it actually looked like it was based on a Nikon body. Uh, and I had actually come very close to buying that camera, but this was like in the early, you know, whenever the digital cameras first came out, like the DSLRs, I think mm-hmm. around the you know, uh, early 2000s and stuff like that. But that Fuji camera was the you know, but until then, like it had not, it had never been on my radar, and I was just thinking about it as a. You know, uh, uh, not as a replacement, but just as this because I wanted to have this look. So it's really interesting how we both get into this, in into them, and and look at where they they've taken us and stuff like yeah, that.
0: I had I'd seen Fuji Fujika cameras, SLRs up in the um, up in the consignment shelf, but I remember Fuji made a, a bit of a splash. They had a studio camera called the GX 680. Oh my goodness, what a beautiful little. <laughs> And it was oh, a six yeah. by nine. It was a six by eight negative. Yeah, um, they did make film cameras. I'm oh, making, uh, they those were big, just the big beautiful. It that was meant to be big, on a tripod. Yeah, is
1: that the and one? And it had bellows
0: f- on it. It it had bellows on it, and almost like a lens board, like assembly at the front, and you put on. Uh, I don't know what mount lenses that you would put on there.
1: There was but, one that had this big metal uh, sort of cage in front of it, uh, where yeah. the lens. Well, was. it had was rails. It had
0: rails for. Um, Oh, are you thinking? No, uh, there was another one. A, like a wide one, like the a, wide one. Yeah,
1: they're they're very wide one that has this sort of cage on the front with, the yeah, monkey bars, lines. whatever you can call them. Monkey yeah.
0: Bars, yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, okay. Well, wow. Well, your, well, t- your turn. <laughs> Do we almost right, talked a half least, an hour on that one i know half an hour i've got to speed up where's my lightning round
1: oh well since okay this is how i you know uh this is how i uh got to know you sort of at the get-go when we first met but um why do you love to buy photo books
0: because oh, that's easy because <laughs> well no
1: the trick is not to make it easy <laughs> Because you just answered,
0: because I like them. We're not going to have a show. We'll just say, okay, get the end of the show. So, oh, there's 100. something in the mail going for you. I'm going to have to find some way to turn it around. I don't know what we're going to do here. <laughs> um, so how I got to love photo books. Uh, when I was 11, my mother, uh, unbeknownst to me, got me a subscription in the Time Life Library Photography Series. And there were these big, like, 12-inch by 12-inch silver volumes that had a kind of a weird silvery... Um, printing process in them that had these pictures had this wonderful depth and they were they had these bright colors and these silvery images and I didn't even really know what I was looking at when I got these books. Everyone seemed to know that I was interested in photography but I didn't have any of the historical background or answering anything beyond the magic of taking the picture and developing it and creating a print when i saw this series it's an it was a my education into photography so when you have when the one when the first book arrived i just went through it over and over and over and over again and memorized it and i think i remember once jumping forward i was at the uh printing uh, um darkroom printing class i just kind of crashed it i went with mark ryerson he was taking this course and they were using the darkroom at the technical college here and uh there was one of those books uh there and i said oh that's the color book um there's a picture of one of my favorite pictures on page 108 (laughs) so it's the woman standing in the window with the with the blue top on and Mm -hmm. like and Mark's looking at me and he goes over to it and <laughs> turns to page one and there she is. I know. So there was like, and that's like, I'm in my fifties already by the time that happened. So, um, so that's how, how the initial love was of ho- holding the book. And sort of like some kids have the national geographic, you know, they go through it and it's like mm-hmm. someplace other in the world that you can't imagine being, um, so that's where it started. And then when I was uh, really serious about my career in computers, I started collecting the um, O'Reilly books. Mm, and I don't know mm-hmm. if you know about the O'Reilly books, but they each one had a picture of an animal on it. Um, right, right, and the right. animal it, it would have some kind of relationship to the subject matter that's in the book. For instance, there's um, the one book which I kept. I gave a lot of them away, but uh, one of them is uh, uh, for... Uh, convoluted kind of, um, editing, um, tools called Sed and awk, a stream editor. And I forget awk is the, uh, a thing that takes, uh, it's a tool that takes text and carves it up into different ways. And you can write scripts in it that are almost their own language and so on, whoosh, whoosh, right, right, right over your head. head. <laughs> so it's just, it's just really complicated, not really complicated, but very strange and foreign tools like if you're not into computers too much they're just really awkward anyway the front the picture on the front was a tarsier and it's an animal that urinates on its own feet to get traction to go climbing onto the tree and when you're using these tools that's exactly what it feels like this <laughs> took a very strange turn i know <laughs> but you know so there, there's and... meaning in the books right okay so so that was, and and so, and I had this huge, I had maybe 50 of these O'Reilly books, right? And then when I, my career kind of changed a little bit and I went from learning so much, learning and learning, learning, learning to a little bit more of a maintenance mode in my career, then I gave those books away and I started collecting photo books as I saw them. And then when I moved to Calgary and there's a camera store, they started up with their with their uh, book section. And I started buying books there. And I I didn't know really what I was looking for, but I sort of knew what I liked and I start there. And then John, who was the curator there, he and I would talk about things that are interesting and he would, he had a deep background in this stuff. And so He'd make some recommendations. Sometimes your, I would heed the recommendations, mentor. and then and then I kind of became interested in a bit of an archivist myself. And I have doubles of books, and sometimes I give them away and, and uh, sell them. I've sold some of the books that I really don't have, not really bonded with. Um, so that's where that's where the love of books comes from. It's a way to experience photography. That's you curl up and you have your light. You have you put your lamp on and you listen to your music and you go through it and. You have a different tactile kind of deeply personal experience of photography uh, with a book, and mm-hmm. that's that's what I get out of it. And that'll that'll never leave me. If for some reason I can't shoot or I can't operate a camera, then I'll always have books. You know, so that's that. How about you? What do you have? Do you have something similar to books that you? Why do I, you've I like? Got photo a books? few books in your collection. Well, there.
1: <clears throat> my my answer to your why I have photo books. <laughs> It was um uh i used to go a lot with my friends to uh we used to have barnes and nobles and brentano's and my friends and i like <laughs> we were such this is like junior high school uh in early high school um we would our are hanging out on a saturday night would be going to like brentano's which mm-hmm. was a bookstore or risoles well I were not Rizzoli's. they weren't open late at night but uh mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble and uh, Brentano's was open, and we'd all go to our different sections. And I would go to the photo section, and just look at the books there. I couldn't mm. afford them as a kid. I would just it was a way for me to see more pictures. And actually, I th- now that I'm thinking about it, you know, I, I, some of my pictures that I like so much, I always thought they might have been, I might have been seeing them in galleries or the museum. Or like my mom would take me there, but I didn't really go to that that often. So I think my my more immediate seeing of images as a kid getting attached to those. Because I was into photography early when I was in seventh grade. So Mm -hmm. it would be natural I'd go to a bookstore and look at photo sections. I think I was starting to see the pictures in books that I would be attracted to. And I would look at also the thing about photo books is that you could see, you know, as a kid, uh, you know, young man, young teenager, there's a lot of things you could see in photo books that you weren't seeing in the world or, you know, like, you know, I'm not, and I'm not just talking about naked people, which it was a part of that, but there would be things that you would see, especially like photojournalist books, because the books were not edited. I mean, they're not censored, I should say. Mm -hmm. So you'd see all sorts of raw photography. Like one of my first books that I got, I think my mom gave it to me as a present was the Pulitzer prize winning, Mm -hmm. um, pictures. I think it's called moments up till that time that she gave it to me and those kind of pictures that was my one of my photo books that i think i, I read so much that the cover is all ripped and right. uh, i got very familiar with those images but as a child like you know you don't see that kind of stuff on television at least when we were growing up and let's not talk about today <laughs> yeah night and day difference but you know i don't know like I won't describe the pictures. Um, oh, I just
0: remember. You know what? I remember uh, quite a while ago. You're talking about that one picture. I think came from that book. Was the '68 picture of soiling the flag? The guy using the, the soiling the flag. Yeah, flag, yeah, using the uh, the ramrod rod almost of the flag during a demonstration. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, in fact, I was just thinking about that uh, picture this week. I can't remember the context it was coming up in but uh yeah that was a kind of picture that you would see and it's a it's it's still an amazing picture um both subject matter wise what's going on and just the way it's
0: presented we'll have to dig that up and put it in the show notes
1: yeah but you know i was just seeing like pictures you know even from like vietnam and like the kind of pictures again things that you wouldn't see and so for me Mm -hmm. it was an opportunity to feed that and i don't know what I mean as a, as a curiosity as a kid or something like that and by the way I saw all these pictures that were like nasty pictures that turned out okay you know <laughs> mm-hmm. it wasn't like the end of the world I don't know if my mom would have thought so but but I was pretty independent anyhow uh, fast forward a little bit there used to be a bookstore uh, a place in the city called the photographer's place that was a photographer bookstore. Mm-hmm. you would have been like a pig in
0: I like, am so sorry the, I'm not old enough to have visited it I really am you've heard of it then right heard oh, of yeah, it? yeah
1: yeah and I never took advantage of it I mean I would go there occasionally and I just there was so many books again you know sometimes it was a matter of like cost I, I had already a ton of books at home and so I just didn't co- didn't collect them I did have a I had an okay collection not great but some books i got through the job that i was working at through image bank or photographers gave me some books and sometimes a little bit more commercially oriented mm-hmm. uh and then let's see when uh when elizabeth my w- late wife came into my life she also worked in publishing a lot so she had a lot of books and so when we moved in together we, i had inherited some of her photography books so i was like okay i got some more but i really didn't go out and purchase them until mm-hmm. more recently in the kind of time period that I met you. Um, I think that, uh, and hearing your love of books sort of sparked me into saying, well, well that's something that I haven't looked into for a while. And, uh, I can't remember when we, I think we had probably met before this in some way, but like even when I went to the Irving Penn exhibit and bought the, um, catalog at the, mm-hmm. at the Met from the Irving Penn exhibit, uh, and I realized like I think that was it was a very expensive volume too and heavy too that thing was it's huge but I was like oh look at how much I can get from this how much you know um I can re-experience the photography that I'm seeing even just through the book and so that kind of started and then I realized it's it's sort of now again it's like buying lenses or something like that it's like I uh I can't and I can't stop, but but there's so many books I want to get. You know, watching Alex Soth on his show talk about yeah. his what eight thousand million book collection. <laughs> yeah, his his place by the way looks like the photographer's place. <laughs> mm. It was exactly it was it's totally it's all kind of messy as as I can remember it. And, and now it feels that you know I've got room on my shelf for it. Like I'm not so interested in novels. Actually, it's funny because you when you're talking about getting rid of your those computer books, the uh, O'Reilly books, and some gonna mm-hmm. ask you, are you actually physically making room? So now you have room to put volumes of stuff. And I realized I was getting rid of tons of books that I didn't read, even novels and stuff, because most of the novels are things now that I read on e-readers, because I really don't want to collect paperbacks anymore. You know, mm-hmm. But I physically only have so much space in my house, but now I can get rid of some of that other stuff and I can actually replace it with, uh, with uh, photography books, but but the other thing where this started to kick in too, and I wanted to say I, I'm glad we're bringing this part up before the holidays because as a photographer, I don't know if you have this with your wife, but my wife always had a hard time buying me something for Christmas. Right. Uh, and so eventually, what I did, and this is sort of a suggestion to people if you're photographers, is make I made a you know an Amazon wish list of only photography books, mm-hmm. and I sent that to her as the list of things that any gifts whether it's christmas birthday or whatever should come from this list because she, you know i didn't want her to go buy me like a lens or a mm-hmm. you know or so, like th- 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 it was kind of unnecessary but by putting all those on a wish list i got a lot more books from her uh, as gifts um mm-hmm. and i was really excited because you know I, my list was so was so large i yeah. didn't know what book she would buy you know so i would just put books that i was interested in. and, put, blah, blah, blah. and suddenly you know I'm getting the she gave me the um the eggleston book this one. Oh, what is it this was a really two and a quarter i'm sure oh you. yeah this one is a really nice book and it was you know i'd forgotten that i'd put it on there and all of a sudden i get you know come christmas and i can tell that it's a book but i didn't know what it was mm-hmm. and so it was just this kind of thing and now you know being the, the kind of the age that we're that i'm at and we're at the same age uh, it, it's nice to be able to have these things as like, um, I don't know, just like part of my, part of my history part of mm-hmm. my, uh, you know, it's almost as valuable as like, you know, not more than some say a, a furniture. And the other thing I thought about just recently is that these books will outlive us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I didn't even think about that. I mean, it's like one thing, like, you know, most of the stuff I look around is like, ah, eh, you know, some, when I'm not here, someone's probably gonna throw most of this crap out. But the books... No one no one throws away books. You know? And so I just realized like I'm 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 not really the owner of these. I'm just the caretaker. Caretaker, yeah. That's the
0: way I feel about the books that I have that are doubles, where um I don't know if I should say this. Anyway, I, 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 I borrowed a truck from one of the guys I grew up with <laughs> when I was helping my mom move some stuff. And um I didn't really have anything to thank him other than put gas back in the truck or whatever, but he's a stock car racer in our little small town that I grew up. And there's a book, um, and I've forgotten the name of it. It's about, it was taken, it was a bunch of pictures that were taken at a local stock car track in Brainerd, Minnesota, uh, a few years ago. And it's the exact spirit of this guy of bill. (laughs) Like really? Really? Yeah. And I like, I, I got the book. I haven't opened it up yet. It's not even out of the plastic yet. And I'm like, you know what? This there's a good home for this book so when I go back when I go back to visit my mother again I'm going to present it to him and say look this is this book is about you know <laughs> this is this is you you you'd mm-hmm. you be the best person to appreciate this mm. and it's mm. pictures taken from inside the stock car while it's going around the track during races you know the kids on the um, you know in the pits helping dad fix the car to before you know on the night of the of the event and stuff like that. It's just all grassroots stuff. And you know? I'm like, you know, there, there's a, there's a different, it has a different meaning for different people. And I think, uh, for me, it's a the kind of love of photography and history and all that kind of stuff. But for him, it's sort of like, it, it's close to his spirit and mm-hmm. like he can sh- mm. show the book to somebody else and say, this is what I'm sort mm. of about, you know, it's not mm-hmm. what I imagined. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'm sorry I interrupted you, but oh, that, that's I just foreign. wanted to yeah. toss that in. Yeah. Well, hope he doesn't just, listen to the podcast. I don't I,
1: think so. <laughs> I was about to say. It's like, whoa. <laughs> that's what I said. I don't
0: know if I should say this.
1: Yeah. Well, if anybody knows him, don't say anything. Yeah, don't. don't just, yeah. Don't, please, well, don't. this is coming out in two days. So, well, yeah. you know, hopefully you'll get the book to him, you know, soon. So.
0: Yeah. All right. Your turn. Uh, I think we're my actually, turn, we're probably the last one, given the how long oh, okay. we're, we're yeah. just chatty people could be. <laughs> well, let's the now we've been talking a lot about, it and we've been doing a lot of it. But why, why street photography? Oh boy! Oh, oh boy! You really saved that
1: one to the end, didn't you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> why street photography? Well, okay. So as I as I look through all my archives, I mean, and I'm doing this like just practically for some reason and. You know, even, even, and we talked about this last week, like way back when in, uh, you know, college, I was looking at some of my photography, the the pictures I posted up on, you know, uh, for the show last week, uh, last episode, Mm -hmm. was street photography that I did in college, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Essentially street photography. Um, I think initially as a photographer i think we all do street photography we can all do street i mean we're all as photographers we all do all sorts of things right you mm-hmm. might be a fashion photographer but you bring your camera on a trip and suddenly you're a travel photographer mm-hmm. uh or you're you know a, a studio still life person but you bring your camera out when you you know go to the coffee shop right so i think i think street photography is one of the things that that um, i've always done you know and never really thought about it as something i wanted to do uh all the time or at least uh, you know up until recently like doing it pretty much as a a exclusive style of photography Mm -hmm. it there's some practical part about it um because mostly it started when i moved to this neighborhood in brooklyn and if uh there might be people listening to the show who have don't know this because they're new uh but i moved to a neighborhood in brooklyn that at one point i think the new york times had written this that it was the most uh, ethnically diverse zip code in the country.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, my wife and I moved to this area because um, we could afford the, the apartment that we ended up buying here. And, uh, and what, I, what I ended up enjoying about this neighborhood is it just made me feel like I was back in the New York that I grew up in because I grew mm-hmm. up in a very diverse neighborhood on the east side. And so I, I often find myself walking around. Uh, and we moved here in two thousand eight, right? Yeah. And so, um, what cameras was I using? I didn't really. I don't think I had the. I don't think I had that little Fuji yet. No, I definitely didn't have that Fuji yet, and I, I didn't have that Panasonic yet either. Uh, I had my iPhone, and and so when I started walking around the streets, I. And this is like when this early iPhone things, and so I think Hipstomatic was like one of the, you know had first come out, or some other app like it. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Let you take you know pictures with filters on it, which were kind of crazy. And uh, this neighborhood has, as you know, I live on a on a parkway, which is called Ocean Parkway. And uh, a parkway is designed. It's actually the it's the it's the the guys who designed this parkway also designed Central Park. Uh, Olmsted and uh, Holmstead and uh, Vaux or Vaux, V A U X. I don't know how you pronounce it, uh, but Fresh. they designed this parkway. There's actually another parkway called Eastern Parkway. It's designed the same way. It actually used to be a horse track, with mm. uh, service roads on the side. But they're like these two parkways, on the on the east and west side of the road, and uh, one was a bike path. Mm. But one of the things they do on these on these uh, side roads, uh, side parkways. Is put benches and people who live in you know uh, uh, near the, the this Avenue will come out and yes uh, yeah, it's inevitable uh, will sit on the benches uh, and there's lots mm. of places like this and uh, where the benches are adjacent to the road and so there's a culture of people sitting on the bench and I'm one of those people I go and sit in the bench I mean why not you know you're staring at traffic but it's not that because it's very nice There's park there's trees mm-hmm. and everything so anyway uh, it what became sort of uh, I noticed people sitting all the time and so I actually started taking sneaky shots with my iPhone excuse me and I created actually I think it was one of the first little um, Apple books when I gave it a name. I was just like, I laid it out, but it was all iPhone pictures and it was all people sitting on the benches in, on Ocean Parkway. Hmm. And, uh, I gave it some clever little name. I can't remember what it is. I don't know where it is anyway. Uh, and so I realized I had something here and I started looking at the pictures and I realized this. like, this was part of like, Oh, you know, I, I'm in this area that feels like New York that I grew up in. And, uh, yeah in a sense people are easy targets by sitting on the bench because you can take yeah. a picture with a phone and nobody can i got pictures of two women and a dog
0: on a bench and I, right
1: right just a couple blocks away from your house yeah i saw that i mean actually that was a good picture so just damn it you're coming to my neighborhood taking good pictures you can't do that
0: i came i came loaded for bear that that's
1: night. true that's true yeah so uh and i also realized that A, I've never done this before. I never really looked at my the neighborhood that I lived in with in a photographic sense like that, especially of the people, Uh, and and so that started me off. And then it became kind of an obsession to like go out and see who's sitting around, and then eventually who's walking around and and capture them. And of course, that as I talked about in the first part, how it inevitably led to the 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 cameras that I was using because I wanted it like at a certain point the iPhone was just it's not enough you know Mm -hmm. and so what's the camera what's the kind of small camera i can use that nobody can see that i'm using or no one's gonna pay attention and that sparked that Mm -hmm. but it also became an obsession like i was like you know and and i go back and I look at my my old the pictures that i did when i first started or even like with the even with the the panasonic lumix camera and i'm like they're really good but there was like a like a drive to go get more and more Mm. and new york is full of people and places to photograph i mean you just tell me about it (laughs) right and i barely scratched the surface of things like that and Mm. so it i I would say obsession is what started it uh and a curiosity and uh like curiosity because i went you know i was exploring my neighborhood like this new area that i'm moving into and i was like yeah and and uh um, sort of a memory of the way I thought I grew up. Like this is, of course, mm-hmm. I could be reminiscing in some sort of romantic yeah. way. I don't know, yeah. but you know, I grew up spending a lot of time on the Lower East Side and in you know Orchard Street. And if you, if you knew New York in the in the '70s and '80s, is crazy place. But the the um, just the kind of people that were coming into these neighborhoods, stuff like that, like that always felt normal to me. So. Mm-hmm. It was kind of getting in touch with something, uh, and then of course it kept going and it evolved, and 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 at this point it's also evolving into you know I've I've you know it became something that I was doing while I was going to work. I talked about this as well, uh, and it was a way for me to sort of keep on my photography, even though I had to go to a job, you know. Right. And so what would I do? I well I could photograph while I'm going to work and photograph while I'm coming home, and and since uh, since my wife died. Um, I, I've kind of lost that, you know, maybe it's also just came to a, you know, a natural, uh, pausing or I don't Mm. know if it's an end and, uh, you know, I still do it. I still grab shots while I'm walking around the street, but even now, sometimes I'm using this medium format camera. I don't know, like things are, I'm looking at things a little bit differently. So. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, why is the, the reason is why, because I really had a curiosity and a drive and, and and like I said, it became an obsession Mm. at some point. So anyway, long story, why for you street photographer, why, why is Ward doing street photography?
0: Okay. So jumping back again to the time, life library of photography, which I think about at least once a month, I'm sure. Um, there was this genre street photography and I didn't get it. I really didn't get it. Like these pictures are chaotic. Like, there's nothing formal thing. It should look like a picture, like a painting. Why (laughs) why are these people? Why is this so? And then you look at Winogrand and it took me a while to get into him because I'm like this, this is not aesthetically pleasing. This is not, you know, I, I, I don't get it. So I did eventually cultivate an appreciation by the time you know, by the time I, I had moved, I'd left the farm and come live in the city here in Calgary. And so I understood, as, you know, in sort of loose terms what street photography was. I did some early on, late 80s. Wasn't great. Uh, shot most late at night, and I think I talked about that in one of the recent mm-hmm. podcasts yeah, of, yeah. you know, these the pictures weren't very good. And then 2014 came around, I got the X20, and then I was always like... Um, when i was hired to shoot weddings or whatever um i'd always think well i would just do what a f- wedding photographer was not really knowing what a wedding photographer i'm having an idea <laughs> i just pretend i'm 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 acting you know i'm, I'm a wedding <laughs> photographer i'm shooting sports i'm shooting motorsports i'd just do what a motorsport photographer would do well, i know what motorsport photo uh, photographs look like i'll just make my uh make my pictures look like that there was not uh an obsession to it. There was sort of an obsession with photography and capturing it, but it was sort of like, I was making everything an assignment and actually still today, you know, you say, well, why don't you just, why don't we just uh, collect a bunch of, I need some pictures from you. And I'm like, well, what do you want? Give me an assignment and I'll chase after it. I like that. I like that. We need you to do this and I'll mm-hmm. go, I'll go get it. Mm-hmm, My inspiration mm-hmm. comes from the limitations of what you're giving me to do. So I get this X 20 in uh, 2014, I start shooting. I meet Mark. I meet some of the other, um, um, you know. There's a there's a small fraternity and sorority of street photographers in Calgary. You run into them every now and then. You on social media see see their work and you go, oh man, I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd done that. And so I was competent. I guess I was a competent street photographer, and I think I got better and better and better. And i go back and forth because there's very often so few people downtown in Calgary that. I'd go up to architecture I'd shoot right, these, right. this mm-hmm. public sculpture called, uh, sculpture called the trees that are downtown. So I'd shoot them and there's a whole joke about, oh, we're going to take pictures of the trees again. <laughs> um, yeah, Mark will laugh at that one. Um, <laughs> and, and so I got, I got better at it, but the obsession came, uh, really. And I, I, I thought, you know, I was just doing the street photographs even I'm working with Mark and even if my, you know, work was getting better and better, whatever that means, there was an obsession. It was me. Okay. This is the kind of pictures a street photographer came. The obsession came when I arrived in New York <laughs> and it was like, oh, all the people like, all right. And I felt this convergence, like my whole life was all my background of photography was informing what I was going to do these next few days. And I didn't give a crap what the weather was going to be like. I would just complete focus. (laughs) And so I, I remember most of the time that you and I were together in, in your apartment and watching the movies and stuff, but the whole rest of the time, my head was in this kind of silver orb of what did I see? What did I photograph? What am I going to do in post? What am I going to do tomorrow? Okay, I'm going with Antonio. Where's Where's he gonna take me? What are we gonna? And I was like, thinking ahead, 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 and it was beyond. It was it was beyond an assignment. It was sort of mm. like I am in the mode. So, and I was telling my friends at beers and cameras, if I felt like a street, if I if I was sort of pretending to be a street photographer, even if you don't like my work, I, I don't really care whether right. you like know my work or not. <laughs> But if I thought I might have been a street photographer after the New York trip, I'm like, I can say, I can put comma street photographer behind my name now because Jeez. I can think oh. like that. I can, you want me to shoot street? I'm I'm here. I will shoot street. Um, that's a huge, that's a big freaking deal. And that just occurred to me here, I don't know. I guess when, when I looked at the number of kind of successful images I had in the library this time, and I think I'd sent you a message saying, uh, it was basically a thank you saying, I'm so happy with the number of images that I got in this short period of time that I was there and that I was indebted to you because, holy crap. <laughs> you wow. know, it and, was this...
1: Well, you're it, telling me this almost like for the first time, so I'm hearing. Yeah. This. Well,
0: no, but it, it was. It's kind of been mulling around in my. Yeah, head. but I didn't know this I in my know, head. Like I'm like, you're,
1: you're considering this trip as the place where you're going to say,
0: I am now a street photographer. I yeah, didn't I didn't. Absolutely. Really, I think I was kind of pretending before. So that I'm was. Glad I could, I'm glad I could have been around for this. Yeah. Then. And oh. it was like it. it I mean. The first pictures i saw in the in the uh in the time life library of photographers are you know new york streets paul strand winogrand um all these guys that the uh, friedlander freed all these guys that spent time down down in uh, in manhattan and i'm going to these places and now i can say that well i know i can get on the x train or get on the q train there or get the q and r and well, the R will only get me to church, but I, that's fine. It's a little <laughs> bit of a longer walk, but I get—you know what I mean. I'm starting yeah, yeah, to think yeah. like that now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, no, there, there's been a shift. There's been a shift, and wow, there's a not that I, not that I'm kind of resting on my laurels or anything, or I am tooting my own horn, but um, I can, I can, I can start to. Instead of looking back all the time and saying what did I do, what did I do? Now I can kind of look forward and say, I, I know what kind of um, what kind of prep I'm going to need the next time I go to Mexico or the next time I go to New York. What um, what I intend to do photographically? If it's if it's a if it's a, a family vacation or whatever, that's fine. I'm off. But if if I'm going someplace for photography. I have a much better idea of the mindset and I I can kind of, uh, imagine what photojournalists who go to, no, no, I'm not saying they go to hot areas, that go to kind of scary areas. I have a small inkling of the kind of preparation they have to do, um, mentally Mm. to be able to do that, to say, these are the places that I want to go, um, to cover. Uh, And it's, and now, now that it's a place that I have some small familiarity with, um, I can start jumping off and start thinking of those ideas of what i would want to do next because the as as good as i think some of my pictures are i know i can do better next time there's some adjust, more adjustments i can make and i really feel that the images that i put down uh they're like uh crumb trail like okay th- this is sort of this uh, literally and figuratively the state of the art but i know I'm going to do this next. I just got to, uh, I got to, you know, this is other thing I got to do, you know, yeah. that alley wow. we didn't go down or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I got to do wall street again. Cause I, missed yeah, well, some you know, opportunities was, I missed,
1: you know, as I was thinking about like the places I haven't, we didn't go to, um, and, and thinking, boy, I told you, like, you probably should have stayed another week. I get the possible, you know, difficulty with that. It would have been, but you know, there was so much more and places that we could have looked at that neither one of us had been before like yeah you know go to queens or anyway wow i'm i'm sort of like like everybody he's telling me this for the first time well <laughs> no so, but
0: it's only kind well, of a, yeah it's, but a, it's coalescing it's coalescing yeah.
1: as we speak i mean i didn't i really didn't get that this
0: was sort of a threshold for you. So, yeah, no, it totally was. I mean, yeah. I had been looking forward to going to New York at some time to shoot before I knew you, years before I knew you, right? And so, yeah. you know, when things were happening in your life, and I was talking to my wife and saying, you know what, I think I should go visit Antonio. I think, I think this is the time, this is things are happening, and I'm just getting too many signals that I should really go. Um, and I'm so glad I did. Yeah. Well, I'm too. So, wow. Sorry, I that was kind of big. No, I was doing a joke and that's a, or something. That's
1: a great way to end. I think that's a great way to end this show today. Um, and so in lightning rounds, I think we could actually have a lot more questions. But this, I think, that's a perfect place to to leave off. And we can always do this again. All right. Um, thank you for sharing that. Actually, yeah, no okay. problem. Yeah. yeah. All uh-huh. right, man. Well. Uh, let's wrap this up. Where, where? <laughs> I was like, oh, and then we gotta we gotta translate to the end here. And it's like, I don't. It doesn't <laughs> no,
0: feel right. i <laughs> will just we'll just do a rough cut. We'll do a you know we'll do a cut. No,
1: no, we'll no. This that. is this is you're we're this we're doing this live, and so um, it's just you're you're saying you're saying something so great, and uh, I almost hate to end it here now. So, but let's do that. So, where where are we looking for you, and looking for these pictures that uh,
0: are transcending? Um, your, sure. Um, I post on Vero. I'm Rosin Photo on Vero, on Vero, W-R-O-S-I-N Photo. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Rosin Photo. You can also find me on uh, Instagram at Ward Rosin Fine Art. On Facebook, you can find me at WardRosinPhotography. And I have a website that's kind of poorly maintained, but I uh, did get one or two sales there from... Uh, on our, our rosin.ca, R-O-S-I-N.ca, uh, we sell the rodeo book still. There's a few copies we have left. And uh, I have the small business that I do. Um, I sell Seven Artisans lenses for uh, Fuji X and Sony E mounts. And I also sell um, uh, lens adapters for those same two uh, lens mounts. And that's called Ornus Photo, O-R-N-I-S photo. You can find that on the internet our unofficial sponsor the unofficial sponsor we need oh, to make a commercial for you we, <laughs> we have to get a commercial made for you so right. so you can become an official sponsor i want to do voices on the commercial can i do that You can, can do, do voices on the all
1: right yeah so That'd be uh me is uh, where are you finding me on vero uh am rosario on vero i am on twitter still given all the craziness but it's still there so uh, am rosario on twitter um i haven't looked at my, my Flickr in a little while but i'm am rosario there i actually have a lot of archives there too and you can look at my archives on instagram you just can't follow me because i was hacked and the account is sort of not doing anything but i am rosario there and my website is amrosario.com and yeah facebook for this all oh, for us older folks a rosario photo on facebook and and those are the places you can find me so yeah uh it was great talking to you about this stuff and, and the whys. The whys um, I had no idea it was going to go as deep as it did. But, I'm happy uh, it did because this is the kind of stuff I like of when, when we come up with shows and we don't plan it like this. So anyway, uh, and so, yeah, our next show will be uh, just before the end of the year. And uh, so we have one more show and then we'll wrap up for the year. So anyway, cool. thanks, for, thanks for hanging out with me tonight. My pleasure as always, my friend. And with everybody else, thanks for listening to us and following us and all sorts of things. Really happy that uh, you guys are listening and spending your time with us. Uh, I'm grateful for that. So thank you so much and uh, see you next time. Bye-bye.